Hi everyone, my name's Johnny Scott and I'd like to welcome you to Phoenix On Demand, or POD as we like to call it. This is the 24th in our series of podcasts where we will look to help educate and hopefully entertain you on all things IT. So cybersecurity regulations, risk and compliance are an ever-evolving piece of the puzzle when organizations look to enhance their security and protect themselves from the ever-evolving cyber threat landscape. But these regulations can be confusing for some and can appear quite fragmented. What regulations are mandatory or nice to have? Where do I start when working towards the required standard? How do I know I'm doing this the right way? There are so many regulations that I don't know which ones are important or critical. These are all things that you may say to yourself when exploring this ever-changing landscape. Thankfully, we have two industry experts on pod with me today um, who will hopefully shed some light on all of this and uh, we can discuss that in more detail. So joining me today is Tracy Hannon-Jones and Aaron Woods from our governance risk and compliance team here at Phoenix. Hi guys, how are you doing? Good, thank you, Johnny. How are you? Very good, thanks. Hey, Johnny. Uh, all good here too, thanks. Good, good. So can we start by you giving our listeners a bit of background on you and your experience within the industry and your roles currently at Phoenix? So if we start with you, Aaron. Yeah, no, perfect. Thank you, Johnny. So yeah, I'm Aaron. So I'm one of the risk and compliance specialists here at Phoenix Software sitting within the GRC team. Um, so a bit of background on myself. I've been at Phoenix now for about six years. Um, so I've been working with public sector organisations for that entire time. Um, I've had a focus on security for probably the last two, two and a half years of that. Um, and sort of my main role is to support our clients within the public sector with their requirements around governance, risk and compliance. So really sort of being a, a supporting hand uh, and, and sort of a, an advisor for them for, for when they're sort of going on that journey. Cheers, Aaron and Tracy. So thanks. Um, hi everyone, I'm Tracy Hannon-Jones. I'm a cybersecurity risk governance and compliance specialist. Uh, I've been in this sector for almost three decades, uh, from very technical through to now really more of a consultative role around um, all of the above. I very rarely talk product, but uh, certainly engage with clients across the UK public sector, charity and housing sectors, and talk a lot around and deliver risk strategy, uh, compliance in line with regulation and legislation. Uh, did anybody mention UK GDPR and Brexit? Um, as well as being a certification body uh, auditor for a wide range of ISO standards um, that include things like ISO 27001 information security, 22301 business continuity, 31,000 risk uh, and, and, and many others. And we deliver things like virtual DPO and virtual CISO services for some of our smaller clients. Thanks, Tracy. We're not even five minutes in and Brexit's already been mentioned. Brilliant. <laughs> so, I do my best. <laughs> thanks for the introductions, guys. So I'll, I'll just go straight into the questions. Um, I'll, I'll ask them to the floor. So feel free to dive in and, and discuss the points raised by me or, or, or anyone else. So first of all, you know, to, this year has been full of change. Um, in, in many ways, some some positive change, some not so positive change. So what has changed this year with regards to governance and compliance? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll start this one off. So I think, you know, we, we're certainly living in an, an unprecedented time and, and we're all wholly aware of that. In, and in my almost you know, 30 years of being in sort of IT security in different remits, 
often, you know, it's easy to think we've seen it all and, and, and we most certainly haven't. Um, when you consider sort of over this last year, this real sort of dark term in cybersecurity attacks that are preying on education sectors, you know, local government, charitable organisations, housing associations, on top of the existing nation state threats for central government bodies. And the fight is changing. And it's changing from targeting those large government entities to ordinary people like you and I who find themselves in this new world where many are still adjusting to home working, you know, this lockdown that's, that's on, that's off, that's in, it's out, and, and then trying to balance kids and, and sort of, you know, interrupted family routines along the way. And this merciless ransomware epidemic just continues to drive financial gain for threat actors in, in, you know, in a much easier route than ever before. And for those of you who've had, that have heard me talk before in pods or, or, or in meetings, you'll hear me talk about sort of people, process and technology. And, and it's how it's how bid to to fight the bad guys. However, with the best intent, we're surrounded by this sort of the sea of certifications and good governance and best practice. And really, I think part of today really is, is to sort of help you understand and navigate that landscape in, in this changing economy. Um, I have mentioned Brexit once. I'll probably continue to, to, to talk about Brexit. But, you know, as, as we um, bump out uh, and, and sort of 1st of January 2021, we now need to start looking at legislation that will, will carry through UK uh, GDPR legislation, um, things like e-privacy regulations that will come to the fore and a whole raft of other ones that will change the landscape for us moving forward. OK, so not so much change in the in the risk and compliance world that's happened this year, but there's there's stuff to come. Would that be fair to say, Tracy? There's big things to come. I, I think no. I, I think in terms of in terms of regulatory and legal, um, then then yes, you know, it, it's business as usual in terms of all of the other things that, that we have to address. Um, but certainly, the landscape has changed, and the technical measures that organisations have to take to meet those. Um, it, it you know is becoming ever you know ever more prominent. It is it's certainly changed this year. We you know uh, people have removed. Uh, have moved to remote working practices and you know many organizations whilst they've implemented the technology side haven't really looked at the legal the governance the compliance piece what happens in the event of a cybersecurity incident breach uh, have we really tested the business continuity plan beyond um you know rolling out against a pandemic um you know we've got winter coming up this year we people you know working from home live in flood areas there's there's it, it's a continual challenge um what probably makes it complicated is then this myriad of cyber certifications and people saying that you must have this one and you must have that one and i'm sure we'll, we'll address some of those as we go through this podcast cheers tracy thanks for that so i talked about it a little bit in the intro but there are so many accreditations and compliance standards that companies have been told they need to adhere to these days. How on earth does an organisation prioritise and understand what's kind of mandatory or nice to have? So we've drafted, sorry, Aaron, I'm diving in, but we've drafted a, a white paper that discusses this at a very high level and what this landscape looks like. And if you were to sort of apply the check and balance in terms of the measured effectiveness, what would this actually look like for you? And it's difficult to explain in a podcast, and we're happy to share that document with anybody listening. Just contact your um, Phoenix account manager or come to Aaron and myself directly. But in the most simplest of terms to try and explain this, if you imagine a vertical axis ranging from minus five to plus five, so minus five is everything that you're currently trying to do just now in terms of keeping the lights on, it's technology-driven, it's best endeavours with some element of structure. As you move up the stack to sort of minus four, we start talking about cyber essentials from, from the NCSC, which covers five key areas. So you're looking at um, 
sort of uh, firewalls, secure configurations, user access control, malware protection and patch management. I think that's five. Um, and it's delivered via self-certification with an independent review from an IASME certified body. Now, there's, there's, there are key drivers for you to, to have the bare minimum um, to be Cyber Essential certified. And this moves you up to up in this graph of compliance stakes. It's not particularly onerous, it's not particularly expensive to do, um, and it's probably a good one to do to shore up your cyber, cyber security insurance policy and be able to demonstrate some, some aspects of due diligence towards meeting those cyber security challenges. Um, you kind of then move up the scale to sort of minus three on this graph where Cyber Essentials Plus comes in. So it's still the same five sort of core subjects around Cyber Essentials, but it now adds the requirement for independent penetration testing, remediation of all findings and technical demonstrable evidence. And that's really great if, if you've got that dedicated IT team with scope um, and the bandwidth to not only achieve it, but that continuance to maintain it. Now, I'm not bemoaning Cyber Essentials Plus. It's a great, sure way to demonstrate technical effective controls. But what it doesn't address are the other two elements, if you go back to what I said around people process and technology. So we're not addressing training and awareness programs for people. We don't talk about asset management. We don't talk about information security and business continuity and disaster recovery and so on. So the, the, the chart sort of moves up and, and say that this myriad, rather than sort of talk about it in the in podcast, I'm happy to continue to do so. Um, or if you want to look at the document and have a separate conversation, by all means, get, get in touch with any others. But I think the key one for me is when you start to look at sort of you get to sort of the, the zero, the, the sort of the neutral positioning start um, and you really start talking about things like, you know, ISO standards because they start to pull in um, the other two parts of that jigsaw. So we've addressed technology with things like um, Cyber Essentials, Cyber Essentials Plus. You've addressed it with things like PCI DSS. Um, 20 critical, crit I can't speak, 20 critical controls, um, you know, the NHS has its own data security protection toolkit, each of these kind of move up the ranks. But what the 27001 gives you is then the, the alignment against 114 controls that looks at your users and training and awareness. It talks about information security and things like suppliers uh, and those controls. It looks at um, addressing information security and even things like human resources and what are we doing around data protection um, for, for material that's contained. Thanks, Tracy. So, Aaron, from your perspective, you know, you're talking to customers about this stuff all day, every day, as, as Tracy is. What's the most common thing that customers ask when they're looking at you know risk and compliance um it's pretty much what what tracy just covered off there really is is how do we how do we determine what what certification or or what what sort of level is is right and appropriate for us as an organization um because even in even even if you talk to sort of free councils um although they're in the same sector and and they in theory do the same thing their their requirements are going to be completely different and the sort of uh, certifications and, and compliance requirements are going to be different for them. Um, the one thing I would add on to uh, just what Tracy was saying there as well, uh, when it comes to sort of determining what what uh, what level is appropriate for, for your organisation is um, look at it from your business objectives as well. So one of the things I sort of come up against quite a lot, especially when it's the initial call, so that first call with a client and Tracy, I'm, you know, I'm sure you're probably the same, is, is we're talking to IT people and it's and it's initially being run as an IT project, um, these compliance standards, um, which 
is is not the is not the way to go about it in my opinion it's it's really even when we're looking at just cyber essentials which as tracy said is the kind of the base level covering the five key areas although those five key areas are it focused and and it's kind of it's role in those five key areas try and align what you're doing with cyber essentials to to what your business objectives are and and sort of grow from there because then as soon as you as soon as you know what your business objectives are and you can sort of align these different standards and these all different accreditations and stuff like that to the business um you, you will start seeing it being uh, an enabler for you guys rather than just a potential tick box exercise to to sort of meet legal or governance regulations it actually becomes a a, a really good business enabler for you yeah, I completely, completely agree with that, Aaron, in, in terms of what we see when we're talking to people. And I think, you know, it's like anything in life is, you know, it's about using a combination of cybersecurity standards. You're, you're right to sort of talk about, you know, that tick box exercise and, and it's just, you know, it, it's just getting through it. But, you know, it, it's like, um, you know, fish without chips or car without fuel. It, 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 you know, in its isolation, it's a tick box exercise. But if you start to look at combinations of certification best practice, you don't necessarily have to certify against them. But if you align against them, then it will give you a much deeper sort of um, sort of defense strategy. So when we talk to clients about um, certification or compliance, there may be a requirement um, to, to sort of, you know, to have a mandated one specifically within your industry. But look at the other ones in terms of what you can learn in best practice and methodology. And, and, and again, just talk about that sort of that process um, sort of aligned against your people and, and supported by technology. Um, the, the other thing I'll just probably throw in here is that, that you know, many people post their sort of certifications on the website, almost like the badge of honour. For anybody that does it with just cyber essentials, you know, congratulations. You know, it's great that you're doing that. But you've met, the, you've met the bare minimum standard, which suggests to me or, or somebody looking from the outside from, a, from a, you know, as a threat actor, that there are gaps in your defence. There are vulnerabilities that are being missed by you not conducting pen testing routinely because you've not advanced to Sniper Essentials Plus. That you, you look at technical controls, which, you know, it's easy to dive into something like LinkedIn. And that will give me, you know, and the bad guys enough information to socially profile and launch a string of attacks. So I guess just to sort of, you know, re reiterate what Aaron's talking about. You know, telling people that you're certified, you know, certified to industry best practice. Uh, for more information, contact us is probably a really savvy way of of aligning your certificates and requirements. Absolutely, and, and the only thing I'd add on, on, on to that as well, sorry, Tracy, is when it comes to um, aligning different uh, accreditations and, and certifications together. Um, that's uh, obviously, as you say, Tracy, is is quite a good way to approach this. Um, but one thing I would say is, especially when we're looking at kind of ISO standards, whether it be twenty seven thousand one, twenty two three one, whatever it is you're looking at. Um, sometimes from my from my experience with talking to clients is they see that as a as a huge huge project for the whole business um which it, it is and it isn't it is it is quite a bulky project and it does bring in a lot of the business depending on what your scope is um but what we find to be quite useful when we're talking to clients is uh, if, if, for example, somebody's doing cyber essentials, that's brilliant. You've got the bare bones, you've got the sort of minimum there. Um, but why not pull some stuff from ISO 27001? You don't have to go for the full uh, certification accreditation. We can just, for example, even if there's something as simple as bolting on a statement of applicability from ISO 27001, will just strengthen what you've done already with, with cyber essentials. And then once you've got that in place, you can just sort of use that as your 
foundation to continue building on that as the as, as the need and the requirements from the business becomes more prevalent for you guys yeah i absolutely again sort of you know agree with that wholeheartedly and in that what it will give you is your technical security risk posture but if you seem to align outside of just for example um cyber essentials you, you, you know, if you pulled in the statement of applicability, you'd be looking at sort of 114 controls, and very quickly you can build up that sort of that that risk posture. Um, that you know that there's some certain bedfellows that work very well together, and, and it's great that you sort of um, flag this one up, Aaron. In that, you know, if you're looking at ISO 27001 uh, as, as something to do, align 22301 against it because they share 70% of the same documentation stack and the same requirements. Things like aligning your 27,001 statement of applicability, as you've rightly said, against your Cyber Essentials Basic delivers not just a certificate across those five key areas, um, but aligns those policies and the process and the governance and the training that will support the whole organisation and that it's not just IT driven, as Aaron's rightly stated. Cheers, guys. A lot of information there. Um, I'm sure, sure our listeners will find that really useful. So I heard something I heard someone say something interesting the other day and it got me thinking and I thought it'd just be good to run it past you and, and see your reaction on this. So what they said was compliant doesn't necessarily mean secure, but secure can mean compliant. How would you guys respond to that? Um, so, Johnny, great question. Um, and, and to some extent, I, I have to agree with that. So. Um, compliance means that you're working to a guideline uh, to a to you know to a standard. It's like driving on the road. You know you should you know the, the guideline is that you shouldn't do more than seventy miles an hour. But you know heaven heaven forbid that, that any of us do that. Um, and it's the same with compliance. You know it's about best practice endeavours. It's it's what you should be doing. And and nobody ever really does a hundred percent. I you know when I put my auditor hat on and go and audit clients against the whole raft of standards. Very rarely, you know, you, do you come out with 100%. You'll find opportunity for improvement. You'll find areas to address areas of potential weakness that could lead to to sort of um, a security breach. So compliance does not mean security at all. What it means is that you are you are demonstrating due diligence, best practice toward working to be as secure as you can in the current sort of climate. And if we go back to the whole head of when we started talking. You know, we were talking about the changing landscape. We, we are in, in this unprecedented time of everything turned on its head with, with things that we don't even know, you know, will materialise in the next sort of quarter. Um, whereas security is about putting in place technical controls. Now, again, unless you, you know, unless you put the, the right controls in, unless you're balancing, you're checking, you're measuring, and that's where the, the alignment with compliance will allow you to test its effectiveness. So putting something in and leaving it, you know, it, it's it's like, um, you know, buying your, buying your car, but never having it serviced. How do you know that mechanically it's not breaking down? It's the same with your technical infrastructure. So you can put things in, but if you're not monitoring them, if you're not looking at the logs that are coming across your way, if you're not understanding what your users are doing um, around things like access controls and privileged uh, access you have to use the two in combination and I think to sort of say that that security uh, defines compliance is, is, is not correct either. Okay I think that's a very fair um, response to that Tracy to be honest. Um, we, we've touched on kind of what role technology plays in all this and I don't want to labour on that too much so who, who can an organisation speak to to get advice around governance, risk and compliance, and what should they be looking for in a partner? Um, so in regards to who they can speak to, um, selfless plug here, myself and Tracy. 
Um, so we we sit within the governance risk and compliance team here at uh, Phoenix. So, and between the two of us, we we cover off um, pretty much any sort of compliance requirements that uh, that a customer may have from your cyber essentials all the way up to your sort of 10,008s and, and 27,001s and stuff like that. Um, in regards to what what to look for in a partner when it comes to 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 the governance risk and compliance stuff uh in my opinion it's it's somebody that's going to to actually take the time out to to actually fully understand you guys as a whole business before actually putting anything forward or any suggestions forward um one thing that i don't like um with with, with sort of some uh, people who do this is somebody could phone them up and say, oh, yeah, we're looking at ISO 27001. Okay, brilliant. Here's what we can do for you for 27001. They don't actually take the time out to to sort of understand, okay, why are you looking for 27001? What's the actual business driver for this? What's the commitment you've got from the business to, to actually get this compliance um, uh, standard in place? Um, and, and sort of what are the plans moving forward once you have got that certification as well? Because uh, obviously as with most of these standards it's not just a um, fixed project it's a, it's a continual thing it's continual improvement um, for for the standard so sort of in my opinion the most important thing is to find somebody who takes that time out to to, to understand your whole business and your business strategy um, as well and how that aligns to these um, regulations or, or these standards that you're, you're you're looking at or that you're working towards as well cheers mate thanks for that um, conscious of time, guys, we're going to do some quick fire questions now. So in your opinion, in one sentence, uh, an answer from you both, please. In your opinion, what are the biggest standards that people should be looking towards at the moment within the public sector? It's, it's, it, that's a big question, Johnny, in, in that you know, one size doesn't fit all. Uh, in terms of education right now, there's a driver that everybody has to have cyber essentials. Uh, within a year, Cyber Essentials Plus, and then in terms of things like ESFA funding, um, that drive to continue to 27,001 and demonstrate 22,301. Uh, Cyber Essentials is probably the big one. Uh, lots of public sector like to align against NCSE um, in terms of their, their sort of controls. Again, if you want to look at the document, the, the white paper that we've written that determines sort of where they fit on that risk, um, cyber risk matrix, by all means, um, you know, ask for a copy. ISO 27001 will continue to to be a, a big player in all of this um, because, you know, whether it's PCI, whether it's Cyber Essentials, you still need that foundation behind the policies and the processes that will guide and govern and give that those guidelines. Yeah. Uh, just, just in regards to quick answer for that one. Um, as we've as we've said along this podcast, um, Cyber Essentials, Cyber Essentials Plus is probably going to be reasonably big for organizations just because as we've said that's kind of the starting point that's kind of the foundation that we can help to build on these other regulations and these other standards as well um iso 27001 as tracy mentioned uh, and then also alongside that the iso 22301 as well for your business continuity um not only does that obviously feed very nicely and fit alongside iso 27001 uh, but obviously with what we've seen this year and over the last sort of 12 months or so with with lockdown and stuff like that business continuity is is something that's on everybody's radar now they need to make sure that if something like this happens again or or, or they need to sort of bring their business continuity plan into action 
they've got the appropriate resources and they've got the appropriate um, stuff in place to actually do that effectively. And Johnny, I appreciate it was a quick fire question, but the other thing just to factor in here is it's not just ISO standards and sort of cyber essentials. It's really important as we move into this new coming year um, that looks at um, the implications of GDPR PR, because we're not talking about just physical assets here, we're talking about data assets. So again, if anybody wants that conversation, come and find us. We're happy to talk about GDPR, data protection, uh, DPA 20, uh, 2018 and more. Thanks, guys. I mean, that was the longest one sentence answer I've ever received on pod, I think, <laughs> but, but required as well, I think. Yeah. We're passionate. Um, we love what we do. So last question then, guys. In your opinion, what's the most common issue that organisations face when they look at compliance? Business buy-in would be my one. Um, as, I, as I said before, um, when, when, whenever, well, Again, I'm sure Tracy will, will either agree or disagree with this from her experience, but when I speak with clients, that initial call, it's, a, it's an IT call. They think it's an IT um, uh, sort of project, uh, and, and it might have even been passed down from senior management to IT to say, right, we want to get cyber essentials or we want to get ISOs when it's one certified. You're an IT manager. You run with that. You deal with that. Um, that's really is not the case when it comes to, to to these standards it's 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 a it's a business obligation for them if they decide to go down that route uh, especially when we're looking at any of the iso standards um because one of the things to to sort of bear in mind is when we're looking at iso standards is if you align that to your to your business objectives and your business from the top down what you'll find is it's not just a tick box exercise or it's not just a certificate you can sort of flash in front of your suppliers your partners your clients and all, all that sort of stuff to say oh look at what we've done they actually become business enablers for you and they will fit into sort of almost every area of of, of sort of growth within your organization and will and will allow you to grow securely and compliant as well the short answer leadership board commitment and even knowing where to start <laughs> so echo echoing what Aaron said and and that you know where do we go to start with okay thanks guys I think you know that that's about it for time today but we have captured some really good content there um and I'm, and I'm really pleased you could join me to discuss a topic that's so relevant to our listeners at the minute so have you enjoyed your time on pod always any opportunity to talk governance legislation I'm always <laughs> always up for that absolutely and yeah exactly the same as what tracy said love doing these podcasts and any excuse to talk about this sort of stuff i'll bite your hands off for <laughs> no it's brilliant thanks thanks for joining me guys so that's it for this episode thanks for listening and we hope you found it of use please get in touch if you want to discuss any points further and if you want to support what we do please share and subscribe and we'll see you in the next episode of pod Bye.